you're listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. And you know those clean, sanitized fingers of yours? Yeah, those. Cute home done manicure. Well, here's an earth shattering convo about how your Regina phalanges can be your greatest scientifically backed stress relieving tool. Do not skip this episode. Sorry, I got so serious there, but this is seriously a must listen. Welcome to the Party in My Plants podcast, where I make healthy living as fun as a party so you'll, you know, actually want to do it and then actually feel, look, and live your best. I'm your host, Talia Pollock. Now let's get this party started. I am over the moon excited about today's sponsor. Friend, this is my dream sponsor. The, oh my God, is this real life sponsor? The sponsor I've been dreaming about since I was a little girl winning card-giving holidays with her reliable tear-jerkers, ending fights with soul-spilling letters left on people's pillows, and surviving college by avoiding all test-taking classes and taking only essay-writing ones. No, this sponsor is not a pen or a computer or those yellow papermate sharp writer number two mechanical pencils that you turn the tip of, which I've used religiously for two decades. This sponsor is the thing I've been writing up to my whole life. It's my book. My first freaking real life will live in stores if stores ever open up again, but can live on your shelf right this second book. Party in Your Plants, which has been called in an Amazon review as the best plant-based book ever, as well as a cookbook that's way more than a cookbook, and a plant party heaven. Readers have also said that it's the best healthy living guide for your kitchen that you must purchase pronto. And so I'm here to tell you that you can promptly purchase Party in Your Plants, 100 plus plant-based recipes and problem-solving strategies to help you eat healthier without hating your life anywhere books are safely and sanitarily sold. Partyinyourplants.com will take you to all the major retailers or you can just hop your fingers over to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, or Walmart to buy yourself and your best friend and their best friend a coffee today. That's partyinyourplants.com to grab a copy or 19 of my book that Amazon readers say you must add to your cookbook stack ASAP because it gets all the thumbs ups. If you're a follower of my work, and self, and a listener of this here show, then you likely know I've just made a comeback after spending months in a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad slump. I was depressed, overwhelmed, and swimming like doggy paddle treading in anxiety that, of course, as our stress does, turned physical. Tapping what we're talking about today was pivotal in me pivoting out of my overwhelm ocean, my pity pool, my hot mess hot tub. Here's my interview with Jessica Ortner, a skeptic turned tapping expert, best selling author of The Tapping Solution for Weight Loss and Body Confidence, and co creator of the massively popular and internationally celebrated Tapping Solution. 
It's intentionally my first interview back in months, and I hope my passion for tapping, the very thing that helped me lure myself out of the low-vibe, lazy river I was in, I hope my passion is palpable. Here in this chat, Jessica spills how tapping can help us with basically everything keeping us down, how tapping impacted her personally, and exactly how you, yes, you, can do it right now without your houseplants thinking you're weird. And by right now, I mean in like 50 minutes because at the end of this episode, Jessica and I do a tapping meditation together, which you and your clean hands can do along with us to feel better now. In this COVID crisis, anxiety, depression, and new emotions they probably need to invent words for are flying off the charts. So this episode is my gift to you so you can experience just a little more or a lot of more ease in your everyday life. Love ya. Well, Jessica, oh my God, thank you so much for coming on the Party in My Plants podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Oh my God. You are one of my heroes. You've been in my ears many, many, many hours. And this is just really, really exciting. This is also my first interview back after like a almost six month hiatus. So whoa, Nelly. Wow. Well, I'm honored. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. So I was just dying to get you on the show to talk about tapping because it's a huge impact on my life. Like part of why I went on this hiatus was because I really burnt out and had a lot of um, depression and a ton of anxiety. And I discovered tapping during this period and it saved me. It changed me. It's, oh, it's medicine. It's amazing. But also now we're in the midst of an international crisis. And so this episode couldn't be more timely. So let's start by you explaining, please, what tapping is. Yeah, absolutely. So tapping is when you use your fingers to tap on acupressure points on your body. These are points that a lot of us intuitively used when people are stressed, they put their face in their hand or their hand on their chest. What we're doing here is you focus on what's bothering you. You actually get really clear, okay, this anxiety in my body. And when you get clear on that thought and you're really there and you're really with it, what you do is you start to stimulate these acupressure points. And what that does is it sends this calming signal from your body to your brain. So you get to the point where you can think that negative thought, but you're not feeling the physical anxiety anymore. And when you have a negative thought, but you feel relaxed in your body, that's when you're now in control. That's when it's easier to choose something more empowering or to see things differently. But it always starts by really honoring how and noticing what is the, that thought that's creating the physical anxiety, because we just, we don't have feelings inside of our head. We feel these feelings with our whole body. So it's so powerful to have a technique that uses the mind and the body. Yeah, I mean, it's admittedly a little counterintuitive because tapping is based around those negative things. Like instead of positive affirmations, which we're kind of trained to do with meditation and all that stuff, you know, work with tapping, you're supposed to actually say out loud the bad shit. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's awkward and weird. And it's almost like scary to think that maybe you're affirming the bad stuff. So why does that work? Why should people not be afraid to say the negative things out loud? 
Yeah, it's a great question. And I think the best place to start is to really gain a better understanding of how we interpret stress in our body and why. So when something happens to us, when we are having the stress response, what happens? We start to, we might have trouble breathing or, or we're breathing really shallow. Um, our heart begins to beat faster. We might get, our palms might feel a little sweaty. We feel anxiety with our body. And what's happening when we have this stress response is that there's a part of the brain called the amygdala that's firing off this fight or flight response. It's really fight, flight, or freeze. And we've all been there. It's like, we have to do something and we're scared and we just feel frozen. Mm-hmm. Now, this behavior that we have is actually really helpful. I mean, it, we are wired this way for survival because if you're on a hike and all of a sudden you see a rattlesnake or you hear something in the woods that sounds scary, you have to have that response immediately, that fight or flight or that freeze. Again, mm-hmm. it's all about protecting ourselves. But what's happened? We find ourselves in a time where now we're facing stress and anxiety that we can't fight. We can't flee. You can't fight a virus. You can't flee the virus. You can't freeze in front of the virus. You're having a physical response to this threat, but the physical Mm. response you're having isn't actually helping you the way that it's designed to do because life has changed so much. And so what's happening there is we're suddenly feeling the stress. We're feeling this overwhelm. When you're in that state, it's very hard to just jump to a positive thought. It's very hard to even use logic. I mean, a lot Mm -hmm. of us have been in a position where we feel incredibly stressed and we do something really stupid. We send that email, (laughs) we say that thing to our partner. And finally, when we're calm, we think to ourselves, what was I thinking? Like, why Mm -hmm. would I do that? Well, we weren't thinking because when we're in that stress response, all of our energy is used up in that amygdala. We're having that fight or flight response. So the prefrontal cortex, the front part of your brain, that's the logic problem solving part of your brain doesn't have the resources to think clearly. That's It's not running the show. And so that's why when we're feeling really anxious to try to jump to a positive affirmation can be really challenging. And then on top of that, if we have trouble with that transition, we get mad at ourselves and we mm-hmm. think, I can't believe it. I, I know better. I, I do believe that things happen for a reason. Why am I having this anxiety? And we begin to layer a lot of shame around the feelings that we're feeling. So what we're doing with tapping, it's this really beautiful mix of these Chinese acupressure points, these meridian points, and also modern psychology, where we're beginning to learn that there is something incredibly powerful about accepting how you feel about not trying to change it right away and tell yourself you shouldn't feel hurt. You shouldn't feel anger, but really having a moment where you honor it instead of fighting it. And when you do that, it's like this battle ends. And now we're tapping on these acupressure points. We're giving these feelings a voice. And so they can move through us. So we can honor them. We can relax our body and we can come from a place where we're more grounded. And then let's go to those positive affirmations. Yeah. Let's go to those other things. But it's very hard to, uh, for us to be in an, an anxious place and expect us just to think a happy thought. And that's it. And actually, and I have a great example of of again, why it's so hard often to just jump to an affirmation. Again, using this example of being out in nature, like our ancestors were, Mm -hmm. you're looking at this beautiful field of flowers. I mean, it's just gorgeous. And all of a sudden on the corner of your eye, you notice from a distance, there's a bear. 
what is going to take your attention? The bear is far away, but look, there's this beautiful field. You're going to look at the bear because you are wired to look at anything that can be dangerous to protect yourself. So now we find ourselves going through a really uncertain time. We're in the middle of this pandemic. Maybe you're listening to this and we're in the middle of it. If not, if it's over, well, there is an aftermath to this. Yeah. What's the new normal? We don't know. Exactly. There's going to, there's financial consequences. The world isn't going to be the same after this. Right. And so now we find ourselves in this very unique position. It's very easy to just focus on the fear. And it's very easy to feel like we can't stop looking at the news and we can't stop focusing on everything that's going wrong. We're wired for that. But now we find ourselves in a position, many of us, where we are safe at home. And yes, maybe we're having financial challenges and things have changed. But what we need now more than ever before is to feel grounded, to feel centered so that we can think clearly and take action, whether it's, you know, looking for a job, filling out those unemployment forms or just doing some kind of pivot in your life. All these things, they take a certain amount of brain power. And when we're only focused on fear and when we're in that fight or flight response, we don't have that power. And so now more than ever, we have to make a commitment to ourselves to say, okay, I understand why I'm struggling so I can have self-compassion. I'm wired for this. And I have to make a commitment to myself to address this stress, to self-soothe so I can get to that place where I feel empowered and I can take the next step forward. Yeah. I mean, I think a huge part of what's been so transformational for me with tapping and is why it works is just giving voice to the thing that's stressing you out. Yeah. I mean, that's what, you know, mantras and affirmations like cannot do. If I'm in a panic and I'm just like, you're calm, you know, you're, you're grounded, Talia, like you, you are peace. Like that, just makes me feel more shameful and angry at myself that that's bullshit at the moment. Like, I'm not peace. I'm not calm. And so just telling myself that I am really just makes me more upset that I'm not. But if I'm saying, even though I am so stressed right now, I deeply and completely love and accept myself, I'll cry even just saying that, just giving power to that. Like, Why is that so transformational? Yeah, it's a great question. And so for those who are new to tapping, when you start the tapping process, you say, (laughs) of course, you say the setup statement and the setup statement is even though, and you say what you're feeling, even though I'm heartbroken, the truth, truth, even (laughs) though I'm frustrated, even though I'm scared, even though I'm angry, whatever it is, even though, and then you say that and you say an affirmation of acceptance. So you can say, even though I feel this, I love and accept myself. Sometimes for some people that's too big of a leap to start with if they're new to tapping the self-acceptance part. So Mm -hmm. I sometimes invite people to say, simply say, even though I have this feeling, I accept this feeling or I accept myself and this feeling. It's an affirmation of acceptance because we're so used to fighting our feelings. But I will say that the traditional EFT tapping, one of the most powerful phrases is even though I have this feeling, I love and I accept myself. And what's amazing is you don't actually have to believe it in the moment. Just by saying these words of self-acceptance and love, even before anything changes, 
it helps the war that we have inside of our head, the battle between how I feel and how I think I should feel. Yes. It's like kind of creating peace of like, okay, this is where I am. And even though this is where I am, I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to accept this. I'm going to love myself anyway. And that is incredibly transformational. But with you, you know, when I started doing tapping myself, I remember one of my first experiences and I was saying, uh, even though I feel really sick and really lost, I love and accept myself. Just saying those words made me cry, yeah. but it was a good cry. Yes. You know, it was like that, like, oh, there's, there's a release here. I'm letting go of something. It's like that enough, I mean, can provide such a transformation. I mean, you can feel, for me, I can feel anxiety lift off of my chest even when I say the setup statement. It's amazing. Who came up with this? Like, how did, who realized this was a thing? Yeah, well, it started with a man called Roger Callahan. This was in, I think, the early 80s or late 70s. I really should probably know the year, but he started it uh, a while back. I have here 1980. 1980. Okay. So I was, I was, yeah. From your website. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. So it started with Roger Callahan in the 1980s. And this is a man who, who was a therapist who had clients and who at the same time was studying acupressure points. And he started to begin to experiment with his clients having them talk the way that they do that the talk therapy, but now stimulating these acupressure points and he had incredible breakthroughs and his process is incredible. Uh, but it was very complex in the sense that depending on what you're working on, you would tap on different acupressure points. So there's a lot to memorize. Then someone else comes along called Gary Craig who simplifies it. He learns this from Roger Callahan. He simplifies it and he uses these nine points that he finds to be the most powerful. Since then, we had Dr. Patricia Carrington, who is an incredible uh, professor at a university. She began to incorporate it and it really began to evolve through the years. And there is a, a difference between clinical EFT, which is oftentimes therapists who are using mm-hmm. it in that type of setting. So for example, it's tapping, uh, EFT tapping is approved by the VA, the veterans for veterans to deal with PTSD. And those tend to be trained professionals who have incorporated this tool into their practice. And then there's tapping, which is something that anyone can begin to incorporate to just help release stress. It's always important to only go where you feel it's safe. But even on your own journey, just allowing yourself to give what you're feeling a voice is incredibly powerful. And, you know, as all of this has evolved, we began to create these tapping meditations, which are 10 minutes. So, for example, in our tapping solution app, we have this free app. We have one on coronavirus anxiety, and it just starts with honoring all the uncertainty, all of the fear, all of the overwhelm how tough the news is, and then moving towards getting back into your body, back into the present moment. All of, you know, this is all designed to help calm your anxiety so you can navigate this really unique situation from a place of power. And so that's kind of a little bit about the evolution. So it's used in many different ways and everyone kind of has their own spin. What I think is so powerful is the fact that 
you know, we have people tapping for 10 minutes and their anxiety is going down by 45 to 50%. Um, it's, it's just incredible. It's incredible. Well, in the journey, you listed all these names. What about the Ortner family? Where did you and your brothers come into this timeline of EFT tapping? <laughs> yes. Well, the story is not very sexy, at least to begin with. Uh, my brother, Nick, my oldest brother came across tapping and he started to just play around with it. And I, I remember one time I was really sick with a cold and he came over and he's like, Hey, mom told me that you've been sick for a while and you just, you, you can't beat this thing. And I was like, yeah, I just feel awful. And he's like, listen, I, I learned this thing online. It's a little weird, but why don't we just talk about how you're feeling and let's tap on these points. And so I start tapping on these points and I'm like halfway through, he's telling me to tap on the top of my head. And I'm kind of looking at him like, are you pulling my leg? Yeah, it is really weird. We have to address that. It is very uncomfortable. It is, it's like, I get nervous. Sorry to interrupt, but I get nervous tapping if my door is not locked. Like if my husband just like surprises me, I'm like, now he knows I do it. But for a while, I would only do it in the shower. I'd only do it if he was sleeping. I was so embarrassed even to like do it in front of my plants. Like it's a very <laughs> like weird thing to be tapping with your two fingers on yeah. parts of your face and under your armpit and all these places and saying things out loud. It is like it is whack, but it works. So. No, it, it is. But I, what I will say is when we started, and this was maybe 13 years ago now, when I would, I felt exactly the same way. And when people would ask me, what do you do? I would always just kind of like fumble through it. Yeah. But now it's like every time I tell someone, oh, tapping is a stress relief technique where you tap on acupressure points while you focus on what's bothering you to calm your body and calm your nervous system. So many people are like, oh, my aunt does that. Mm-hmm. Why that on that episode of Jane the Virgin? Oh, yeah. Rosario Dawson just Instagram storied that. Like, it is yeah. really starting to break through where more people have references. You know, just one reference of like, oh, yeah. know someone. And that makes – I just have found like in the last five years, there's been such a change with more people using it. I, and I think also partly because in the last five years, there's been more research done in universities, really trying to figure out, okay, well, what's happening to the brain as we tap? When yeah. I started it, and, and even when we started the documentary, which- Wait, sorry. You were on the top of your head. You had a cold. Top of my head. Okay. Go back there. I'll go, I'll go back there. I'll go back there. So I'm like, I'm on the top of my head and, <laughs> and I'm tapping. And then all of a sudden, I just start to feel more relaxed. Like there's this ease in my body. It's not mm. all gone, but I, I'm feeling a little better. But it's like those moments in life when you relax and then you get an epiphany. It's mm -hmm. kind of like sometimes we get clarity when we're taking a shower or we're on a walk. It's like you calm your body enough to start to gain new awareness. And I suddenly looked up at Nick and I said, I don't want to get better. And he's like, what do you, what do you mean you don't want to get better? And I burst into tears and I said, I just feel so stuck in my life. I feel like I've been pushing so hard and I'm so tired. And I, I really began to understand the impact that this stress and the emotional burdens I had, like all of this weight was having a very physical impact. Now I wasn't faking it. I was sick. Mm -hmm. I didn't consciously decide to get sick, but I began to realize that when we don't take care of ourselves, our body will speak up. Our body will say, no, 
You Heck need to take yes. Time yes. And it can come as a cold. It can show up as insomnia, as headaches, as back pains, IBS, heartburn, a million. Yeah. And that's why, you know, one of the reasons tapping is spread so far and so fast is because the impact it has on the physical body. And a lot of times mm-hmm. on these specific challenges, because when you release stress, your body is able to do what it's designed to do, which is recover. Yes. But there I was, I couldn't get over wow. this cold. It was lasting so long because the amount of stress and anxiety I felt was completely depleting my immune system. And yeah. that is that is now proven. Stress impacts yes. your immune system. I mean, no one can really argue that. And that, that started my journey, but I have to be honest, Talia, it was one of those experiences where I finished tapping. I took a deep breath in. I noticed my sinuses had cleared up. I felt so much better. I felt the weight. It's like, I almost didn't realize how heavy the weight on my chest was until it was gone. Oh yeah. It was like, oh my goodness. So I have this big kind of moment but then life happens. It's like, you know, you listen to an inspiring podcast or, you know, you hear something and then you just get busy with your everyday life. And honestly, I just got busy with my life. And it wasn't until months later when I was in bed, I had just gone through a horrible breakup and I was sobbing and I just wanted to do something to stop crying. Like I just felt like Mm -hmm. I couldn't stop crying. And I didn't remember all of the points. I remembered half of them. I just remembered the setup statement. And and so I did the process the best I could. And I felt such relief. And the fact that I could do it, not even 100% correct, not with knowing all of the points and feel some physical relief, that really opened my eyes to like, wow, everyone should just know this. Everyone should know how to And then my brother came to me and he's like, Hey, you want to make a documentary film about this? We have, we had never made a film. We had no money. We put money on credit cards and just bought this film equipment and watched YouTube videos to try to figure out how to set up lighting. And the first six months were a disaster because we didn't know what we were doing. And then we finally figured it out and we created what ended up being this really beautiful film where we follow 10 people who have different challenges who use tapping and we follow up with them six months later. And that was just the start. Then we started doing these online events. Um, then we both wrote books. I think we have New York Times books. bestseller books. Yes, thank you. Two of them that are <laughs> New York Times bestsellers. And now we find ourselves in this really unique place with the pandemic. And I feel like all of our work has led to Mm. the tapping app. Like, I think that's probably the thing that I am the most proud of. And that I feel like is making the most difference in people's lives because it's like the difference between reading about meditating and meditating, you know, like Mm -hmm. reading about running and running. Like there's so many things that you just have to have an experience. And so within the app, uh, we we give people an experience of just spending 10 minutes to just tap and release that anxiety. And it's just been incredible to see, like it's been downloaded in 130 countries and it's had 1.6 million tapping meditations played. It's I probably have never been so proud of anything. If I can Aww. say that, I can say that. Please, I just, that's amazing. 
That's incredible. I mean, it is magic. It's pretty much magic. It's so funny. My podcast research assistant wrote to me in in some notes to prepare for this. She said, okay, here's some benefits that are listed throughout her website. Apparently, this method is like magic. It can (laughs) increase motivation, lower stress, reduce anxiety, increase body confidence, help you sleep better, eliminate negative emotions, reduce chronic pain, overcome autoimmune disorders, and help with financial success and personal fulfillment. I don't. I was like, yes. And let me me break that down for a second. I I think sometimes that might work against us. Someone sees us and go, I I don't believe something that can work on so many things. This is what it works on. It works on your anxiety. When you are so overwhelmed about your financial position, you are not able to be resourceful and creative and innovative and think clearly. You get stuck in a depression or you have trouble sleeping. All those things or impact sick, your finances. Yeah. You feel sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a book, the book that became a New York Times bestseller that I wrote was about weight loss and body confidence because since I was 14 years old, I was trying to hate myself happy and I was trying to criticize myself thin. And I just felt like I was constantly fighting my body and I felt like I was one of those unlucky people that was born inside of a body that would never be enough. And it took me a lot of disappointment and heartbreak to finally take a step back and go, you know what? I it's this isn't about a diet. I have to look at my relationship with food and the anxiety that leads me to eating. I need to look at the anxiety and the stress around the pressure I put on myself to look a certain way. So we're always going back to that anxiety or stress. So it's really just a tool for that. And since it's a tool for that, well, where are we experiencing anxiety and stress? You can split your life into all these different areas and begin to notice, oh, this is how stress impacts my relationships. This is how stress impacts my work. Uh, and, And so that's really what we're focusing on. So cool. Thank you for breaking that down. That was so perfect. And and it's true. It does sound, you know, when something claims to help with all those things, you, you kind of can roll your eyes. But, yeah. You know, but the truth is, like you said, it helps with the anxiety. It helps with the stress. And when you reduce that, then anything is possible. Exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. So explain to people who've never done tapping how tapping differs from meditation. Yes. So tapping differs because what we're doing is we're getting really clear on the thought that's creating the anxiety. And so we're really focusing on that feeling as we tap on the points. And sometimes, you know, even within meditation, there's so many different types of meditation. Yeah. But I will say that a lot of times in meditation, they always say like, release your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, that's like the goal, isn't it? Your thought. Yes. And I think that is a powerful place to be. But personally, as a chronic overthinker, I can't release my thoughts unless I acknowledge them. Yes. Okay. Yes. Can you just, okay. I cannot release my thoughts unless I acknowledge them. That is it. That is, I think why for me, especially too, like a chronic overthinker and crazy anxiety person, like tapping has been incredible because it empowers me to think my thoughts and get so clear on them and then say them. And then in saying them while tapping, they, they dissolve. And then I become emboldened and empowered rather than with meditation. I just sit down and I'm like, okay, don't think, don't think, stop your thinking. Don't think, don't think (laughs) affirmation. Okay. You know, and it's like, it's just a more of a struggle. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. And (laughs) 
And if we do the, this is why we need the tapping. We need the psychology part. We need to to really honor how we feel. But the reason that the acupressure points are so important is, is if you just focus on how you're feeling, but you're not creating a way to relax your body, well, then that's when you get stuck in the loop of mm. constantly thinking the same negative thoughts and constantly re-triggering yourself and feeling that anxiety in your body. So True. it's really important yeah. to be able to do both. Together. Right, because otherwise you're just thinking your thoughts. You're just like, exactly. okay, even though I'm ang- I'm, a- I'm full of anxiety, I deeply completely love and accept myself. Okay, I'm full of anxiety. I'm anxious. I'm like, if you're not tapping on the points, because the tapping, even though it does the tapping, the physical tapping for me seems more like the woo wooist part because. And talk to me about this. With acupuncture, it seems as if the practitioner is so specific about where they pop that needle on into you. And so as I've got an acupuncture for, you know, a decade plus, and I just go to those people and think they're some, you know, intuitive genius goddess person who knows these points on my body. And they are. They studied these specific points. So it kind of makes me feel like an imposter in a way that like, who am I to think that I can just take two fingers and like loosely, you know, hit the correct point. But tell me why that's wrong to think yeah. because well, listen, it and, is wrong. And that being said, that tradition and using the the meridian system, I mean, that's it, it incredibly valid and incredibly powerful. I mean, the reason you keep going back, I get acupuncture too. This is a little bit different because when you're doing acupuncture, puncture, you're not thinking a certain thought. It's kind of a, a whole different modality in that sense. You're just mm-hmm. there and right. and they're just putting needles and you're experiencing a benefit most of the time. Right. This is why something that for so long has survived the test of time. And also Harvard has been doing studies now about what happens when you stimulate these acupressure points. But what we're finding is that as you, you can stimulate these acupressure points by using a needle or by pressing on them. So by tapping them or holding them. So sometimes if you want to do tapping before you go to sleep and you find that the tapping itself is too stimulating, you can press on those acupressure points. Hmm. And so we're finding that it's about stimulating these points. And so they're both valid modalities. I don't think it's kind of comparing apples and oranges. It's just a different process because with the tapping, we're actually having, we're more engaged with our mind. We're thinking a thought, mm-hmm. we're acknowledging it, how it feels in our body. And now we're just choosing nine. I mean, there's a lot of acupressure points. There's a lot more points that you can add, but what's nice about sticking with nine is simply that you can remember them. Yes. Like that, it, that's the magic. It's not because it's like this way or, or the other ways don't work. Like Roger Callahan, when he started this, you did tap on different acupressure points depending on what you were experiencing. And that modality was really helpful. But then we found, oh, wait, we're still getting really great results by just focusing on these nine points. And now anyone can do it without having to make an appointment to see somebody else. And that's where, to me, the power is. Like these other things work as well, but this, you just learn it yourself and you're only dependent on yourself. And I think that's why it's so powerful and it's spreading. Totally. And I found myself, have you, I'm sure you've done this. Please tell me. I mean, I don't know. But like if I'm fighting with my husband or if I'm having a difficult conversation, I'll just start tapping. Yes. Is that a thing? 
Oh, it's totally a thing. <laughs> I mean, not just the amount of people who've emailed me saying, oh, I was in a meeting and I just oh underneath God. the table began oh. to tap on my karate chop point or people just taking five minutes. Like this is the other thing is it's not an hour session. Sometimes you just need 10 minutes. So for example, I got a, a message. I have a friend who owns a company and she has told all her employees because now with everything going on, she had to lay off 20% of her workforce. Everybody has a lot extra work and it's a stressful time. Everyone's working from home. And so she told everyone, download this app mm-hmm. and there is a tapping meditation around honoring the distraction, not the distraction, but kind of honoring the worry and moving to productivity. Because now we're in a place where we have to work from home, but we're overwhelmed by the news. But now we have to focus on a task. It's very hard for our mind when we're feeling overwhelmed. So there's a tapping meditation, which is free in the app, which is about going from worry to productivity. So the reason I share that is that she told me that one of her managers who had to do all of the bill, like he he had to to do like the paycheck. He had to do the numbers to pay everybody. It's not a fun job and it takes a lot of focus. Mm -hmm. And he just couldn't. He was like looking at the computer and said that like he kept putting it off and it was getting later in the day and he started to feel more anxiety because he knew it had to be done before the next morning. And so he grabbed the tapping meditation and he tapped for 10 minutes and his anxiety went from a 10 to a five. So he still has a five, right? So there's still a little like bit of anxiety. It's a stressful time in the company, but what now he can function, he can think clearly, he can do something. And so in this case, because he was home, he could do it. But people so often in a, in a position where they're working, will just go into the bathroom stalls for 10 minutes and just tap and, and then they're back and then they can present and they can think clearly. And I guess like the biggest, uh, the biggest takeaway that I've had recently, as I've seen so many people use tapping with what's going right now is this understanding that tapping's not going to make life easy right now, but it's going to bring you more ease. Mm. And that's what we need. Like having a company where 20% of the workforce is fired and everybody has extra work, that is stressful, right? So it's okay that there's a certain level of just like, oh, okay, this is different. Anything that's new can be unnerving. But what we're reaching for is more ease, not perfection, Mm -hmm. not to be like Zen every moment while we're looking at the New York death rate. Like it's okay that we're feeling these feelings and we're finding moments difficult. But what if we just focus on finding ease, on honoring how we feel and lowering that anxiety enough so that we can be more present with our children, with our families, we can actually do the work and we can begin to distinguish between what we can control and what we can't. Because when we're so overwhelmed, we often don't do the things in front of us that can really support us and support our families. Totally. I mean, it's like taking a Xanax, but not being, you know, zonked out, like being taking Xanax and then being the best version of yourself after. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Put that on your website now. (laughs) This episode is enthusiastically sponsored by a product that couldn't possibly float my boat more, Four Sigmatic. My boat is so floated by Four Sigmatic's mushroom drinks that any more floating would turn my boat into an airplane because it's flying. 
Okay, so the first time I tried a packet of Four Sigmatic mushroom tea and a glass of hot water, I was more skeptical because of this whole mushroom thing being really trendy right now, and I'm always reluctant to hop on trend trains. Wow, we're really covering all the modes of transportation here. But I drank those shrooms, and I felt truly awesome. It's hard to explain. I just felt way more awesome than I felt before I drank it. Since then, I consistently consume at least one type of shrooms a day, and it helps me know it's going to be bright, 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 sunshiny day, even when it's rainy and gray, because I am telling you these mushrooms are magic. Although they don't make me hallucinate in a bathtub like my ex-boyfriend's famous magic mushroom experience, which in hindsight, he seemed way too proud of. But nobody's hallucinating the magical effects of these shrooms, okay? They are ultra-scientifically proven to boost immunity and gut health. Yes, please and thank you. And the four different shrooms that Four Sigmatic uses most, hence the four in Four Sigmatic, wink, wink, they all do different epic things for your body. Reishi helps you relax. Cordyceps give you a non-caffeinated energy for sports and stuff. Lion's mane, which does not come from a lion's mane, boosts your brain. And chaga is a mega charge for your immune system. I weave all four of those separate mushrooms into my life by way of the teas. That's what I'm talking about here, people, are mushroom teas that you dissolve in a packet of hot water and haya. But I also fancy myself some of their fancier shroom concoctions. They have this relaxing, thanks to the reishi hot cocoa that I pretty much make every night with almond milk. They have matcha powder, which is the only matcha I now use. They have these magic mushroom chai latte packets that you can add to water or almond milk for a hot or iced sweetest sippable treat. And I have to say, even though I don't drink coffee, Four Sigmatic is kind of famous for their multiple kinds of organic, much better for you coffee, even mocha mixes. So you can mocha chocolate. Okay, enough from me. I'm sorry. I just finished a mushroom matcha latte and I'm flying high. But because you listen to this podcast, thanks so much for doing that, by the way, you can save 15% off any and all Four Sigmatic shroomy stuff you'll want to buy off of their site, foursigmatic.com, using code PARTYINMYPLANTS. Or you can just go to foursigmatic, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash PARTYINMYPLANTS to automatically save that 15%, baby. Oh, by the way, Did I mention that I don't even really like eating mushrooms? Yeah, but now, thanks to Four Sigmatic, my body doesn't need to have shroom FOMO. Okay, again, hit up foursigmatic.com slash partyinmyplants to save 15% on this mega boat floating stuff that I always find stuffed into my pockets, purses, luggage, or my bra because I just can't get enough. Okay, so you mentioned something about a 10 to a 5. We didn't talk about this, but is this uh, your guys' method or does all tapping involve like starting? Well, okay, hold on. Let me back it up. You start first a tapping session with a thought. Would you say is that how you begin? Like with, like how, like, okay. You start with. I can't even um, ask a question. (laughs) It's called called the most pressing issue. Okay. So sometimes, uh, so for example, let's do a little thing more complex. Your listeners are advanced. I know this. Uh, we're dealing with weight loss. Okay. Someone says I have been emotionally eating 
because things have been incredibly Which stressful. is probably crazy right now. I mean, I right now with corona, everyone's locked inside with their, you know, processed foods and their endless fridge. You know, they can't go anywhere. It's, it's probably emotionally eating central right now. It is. It is. Yeah. And so someone looks at that and they go, okay, well, let me start tapping on that. Well, what's actually the most helpful is for you to ask yourself, what's the most pressing issue? What is creating the most anxiety? Because... Yes, you want to work on not overeating, but the reason that you're overeating is because you're so overwhelmed and you're looking for a break. You're looking for an escape and eating is comfort. And if you don't find any other ways to comfort yourself, if you don't find any other ways to relieve stress, you're going to depend on the one thing that we have to do, which is eat. And so what you actually want to do is start on what is bothering me the most right now? Is it that I just read this article in the news. Is it that my partner was just laid off? Is it that, you know, I don't have childcare and I feel overwhelmed? Like, what is the thought? And if Mm. you get to the point where you're like, you're listening to this and you're like, oh, Jess, it's all overwhelming. I know Mm -hmm. it is. You can simply start with, even though this is all so overwhelming, I accept myself and how I feel. You have to start with the thought that is kind of on the forefront. What's mm-hmm. creating that most anxiety? That's the tricky part, right? Is finding because what if someone's like, I'm just upset that I I'm mad at myself for overeating, you know, my snack or whatever, or, or eating seven desserts last night. That's my most pressing thought. Is your argument that that's not actually their most pressing thought? If that is consuming their mind, that's their most pressing thought. Mm-hmm. If they're thinking to themselves, "Oh, I'm so mad I overate," but then when they ask when they ask themselves what's really bothering me and they go, "I can't believe I just lost my job." Mm. That's, you know, it's about just having a moment. And this is a thing. Like this is such a forgiving process. Like you don't have to get it perfect. And that's why the tapping meditations are so great because if you're like, "You know what?" I don't know. I'm Mm -hmm. just stressed. Give me 10 minutes to focus on the stress. You can put a tapping meditation and you can do it yourself. If you find that you're lying in bed awake and you feel like you want to do some tapping on your own and we'll have an experience together with tapping. So everyone, my hope is after our time together, people feel like they can do this themselves. If that's the case, if you find that space, then what it's about is just giving a voice to how you're feeling You can even pretend that you're speaking to a friend and telling them the story of why Mm. life feels overwhelming. You can sit down with a journal and just vent, just write what's bothering you and then look at that page and simply tap while you say that out loud. There's so many different strategies, but it all comes down to this. Just be honest. Right. Don't overthink it. Don't think you need the perfect words. What are you feeling right now? And if all you can say is, the only thing I know is I have tightness in my chest, then that's what you you tap on. A great example of this is I have a friend who is a nurse at Yale who tested positive for the coronavirus. Her husband got the coronavirus. He had a very tough two weeks. Her four-year-old daughter got the coronavirus. Oh. And at the same time, she, so she's home and she's, she luckily, the only symptoms that she had was that she lost her taste of smell. Uh, sorry, her, she lost yeah. her taste and Sense. her scent of yeah. smell. <laughs> um, that was when she kind of, that was the red flag for her. Her husband was very sick with flu-like symptoms and shortness of breath. And at the same time, she's getting these emails from Yale Hospital with updates on everything mm-hmm. that's going on. 
So she's taking, and, and again, they're quarantined. So both of them are sick and they have two kids, one of them who also has uh, the virus and her symptoms was just, she spent a day vomiting and then Oof. luckily she recovered quickly. But as you can imagine, incredibly stressful situation. Yeah. Two o'clock in the morning, she wakes up out of nowhere and notices her teeth are chattering. She, her heart is beating out of her chest and she thinks, oh my God, I'm having a panic attack. It was an it was a complete physical experience. She woke up and her body reacted in this way and she got it and she felt this panic attack. She grabbed her phone, opened the app, free tapping meditation on panic attacks, mm. pressed it, pressed play and simply was able to follow along because in a panic attack, you don't have the mental resources right. to think about what you're going to say. You need someone to kind of hold your hand through that. And so she simply tapped and she said she was able to, her her teeth stopped chattering. She was able to, to take a deep breath and then she's able to have a conversation with her husband mm. and talk about what was going on and start to create more ease. And she sent a text message to my brother and I being like, I don't know what I, what I would have done. Now, mm. this is a perfect example of even if you cannot figure out what to say, and you and everything feels overwhelming just by stimulating these points following along with the tapping meditation could be incredibly powerful totally and again my assistant was like wait there's over 200 meditations on their app how is that is that the correct number yeah it's a, yeah. around there yeah. yeah she's like how is that even possible like how how and i guess the answer to that would be that well you tell me i mean it's really that there's that many different thoughts that we can move through right i mean i have that many thoughts within a day my right, goodness a minute <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we do have that and and we break it up and so there is a section about relationships so it's Tapping on heartbreak, tapping on on forgiveness, on anger. There's a, the whole section that's free is the coronavirus, and there is tapping with your child. Oh, that was a question I had. Can kids do it? Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So we have it's great because it's like a kid avatar, and it's separated oh. by age because you're going to talk to a 13 year old oh. a lot different than a five year old. Smart. Kids are experiencing anxiety right now. And so it's very age appropriate. And there's wow. a, this avatar where like the points light up and they can follow along. They can rate themselves. Oh my goodness. The kids love to rate their own anxiety from zero yeah, to 10. Yeah, talk about rating for a sec. Yeah, yeah. So we were talking about a little bit that before. So we didn't, you asked me if that's something we created. We didn't. It's called the subjective units of distress or oh. SUDS level. Oh. The reason that it's something we incorporate with tapping is twofold. One is that I've had experiences with people where I've tapped with them. They've been, at, you know, you can tell they're so, say they're anger. Like I remember t tapping with this one woman and she was so angry. And then after the tapping, she felt relaxed. And I said, isn't that incredible? Like how relaxed you are. It's like you went, you, you know, you went from like a 10 to a zero. And she's like, no, I don't think I was that angry to begin with. I was like, you are just in such a peaceful Aww. state. You don't remember. It's helpful for us to measure so we can see how far we've come. Yeah. And the other reason is that sometimes you tap and like you spend five minutes and you go from an eight of anxiety to a six or a five. And for me, it's reassuring. It's saying, okay, I didn't take a pill. I didn't have to do anything extreme. Uh, and not that there's any shame in taking a pill, but I didn't mm -hmm. have to do anything extreme. I just did some tapping and I felt better. And it's more encouraging to keep going when you be that number. It's like seeing it instant gratification. Yeah, exactly. And what's been cool too is that 
this is a part of tapping. Uh, so we did not create this, but when we created the app, we added it because, you know, it's a part of tapping. I love it. I love being able to see my own results. What I didn't realize, Talia, is like now we can see like what a hun- like 200,000 people tapped on anxiety and we can see the average decrease is 42% in nine minutes. So it's giving you data, you sneaky family. I, we had no clue we were even sneaky. And, and I will say it is, it's, it's all private. So we can't see personally who, yeah. but we just see the overall numbers. And um, it's been really helpful because in the beginning I used to say, oh, I don't care about the research and I don't care about the data. It works. Oh. And if it works, I don't care. And that's because we didn't have the research or the data or the data. Right. Now I see like people are more open to it when they begin to see the data and that there are universities that are beginning to do studies. There's a few universities that have shown interest in using the app as a way to kind of measure people and and do a more formal study. So that's been really exciting. That's great. Yeah, I have, um, my best friend is a neuropsychology PhD. And I asked her about this and she's like, you know, like there's no studies, there's no science on this. So um, I need to send her some studies. (laughs) A 60 page PDF. Wonderful. I'm sure she can read it. I cannot, but she probably can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's listen there. We need more studies take a lot of money is what I've learned. And that's why I'm taking so long. But now because there's so much interest, it's been easier to raise money. And also universities are seeing how uh, it's helping people. Like we have a university interested right now in doing a study for pain relief, because when you do calm your anxiety, it does have an impact on pain. And with the opioid crisis, there's a lot of grants to do studies that help with pain management. So a lot of things are unfolding. uh, And I'm so much has happened in the next five years, but I feel like the best is still ahead of us. Yeah, it's awesome. Do you have to say things out loud? Or can you say things in your head? You can say things in your head. I think it's helpful to sometimes say things out loud only because you're now hearing it. It's just using another bit of your senses. And what I find happens is it's so easy for us to kind of start something and then start thinking about the dishes or just something. (laughs) And there's something about saying something out loud that takes more of your focus. And so it's easier to be present with your feelings That being said, like I whisper it to myself personally, and you also don't have to. If if you're not in a place where you feel comfortable saying it out loud, you absolutely don't have to. Okay, good. Thank you. Because that, you know, talking about being embarrassed doing it, like that's one of the huge things too. It's like now, not only am I tapping on various parts of my body, now I'm speaking out loud to myself. So that could be a barrier. So that's good. It's it's kosher to do it in your head. (laughs) It is. So talk to me a little bit about how you use tapping for body confidence and weight loss, because I find that really, really fascinating. And that's where your story continues past, you know, what we had shared about the documentary and you're originally getting over sickness. Then you really became a leader in using tapping for, for our body. Yeah. Well, in complete transparency, the tapping film was done. Um, We were teaching tapping online and I still refuse to use it on my weight. (laughs) 
and, and like, yeah. and like my body confidence because I was just so brainwashed to think like, it's just about motivation and it's just about self-control. And if I could just push myself hard enough, eventually I'll do it. Wow. And so even though I was, you know, talking about stress relief, I just wasn't focusing on this because I wasn't a total believer that it would work because we're told all the time that it's just about being motivated and having self-control. And so this is the thing too, when you hate your body so much, it's hard to focus on something that you hate. It's kind of like there's those people who love their cars and they're always freaking washing their cars (laughs) because they just value them. You know, it's like we spend time taking care of things that we really value. And I didn't value my body and my body also would just bring up a lot of pain and a lot of shame. And so it was really easy just to distract myself with other things and just to jump into a a diet and not face the pain that I was feeling. And it wasn't until um, I had this experience where it was this health seminar that I signed up for and I went to register and we had just finished our Tapping World Summit, which was our first online event. This was, again, like 12 years ago, I think. And I was registering and this woman took my name and she said, oh, you're Jessica Ortner from The Tapping Solution? And I was like, yeah. Like all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my God, like this, <laughs> someone recognizes me. And she kind of looks at my body and she just goes, you're a lot bigger than I thought. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm 5'1. So I do that she wasn't talking about my height. Wow. Oh my God. I turned around and I walked away. Now, Batalia, that was not the first time. I, two years before that, I was volunteering at a health event and the main speaker who I just loved, you know, like he's just was always on stage teaching. He was charismatic. I just wanted to be like him. And one day he said to me, Oh, well, no one's going to listen to what you have to say until you lose weight. Oh, my God. I mean, these are like the worst thoughts that you might think about yourself in your head, and you've had people say them to you. Yes. Wow. And I have. I'm so sorry. I felt. I had many of those, you know, someone saying like, oh, you'd be really cute if you lost weight. And I do remember my sister-in-law who, who was actually, so this is Nick's wife. She's my best friend since middle school. And while all of this was unfolding, there's like this moment. I actually, I like never share this story publicly, but there's this moment where she looked at me and was like, Jess, like all these experiences, they're not normal. Like people are saying such cruel things to you. Like, what is it inside of your, I don't remember exactly how she said it, but it was kind of like, what are you attracting? Like, I was just going to say, like, what are you calling in? What, yeah. what are you calling in? Huh. And it was a hard thing for me to hear, but it actually did make me take a step back and go, yeah, like those are some horrible things. And a lot of people have said these things. And wow. I began to realize that everything, all those painful comments were comments that I said to myself daily, Tally, like right. daily, like, and yeah. they don't even come close to how horrible I actually was to myself. And so it was through a lot of pain and just being also very stubborn and not wanting to look at this that I began to just take a step back and realize like, I'm tired. I'm tired of jumping into a diet. I'm tired of hating my body. And I just want to try things differently. And so I began to really look at the relationship I had with food and the relationship I had with myself, because I would 
binge eat. So I'd binge eat and I'd start a diet and I'd binge eat. And so I really had to take a step back and go, okay, when I am having a binge, what am I feeling? Like Mm -hmm. what's happening? Like what in my life? And I just had to look at the parts of myself that were really scary and that I was ignoring. And I had to spend some time tapping and it wasn't like this really neat process. It was like very messy and figuring it out as I go, but it was from a real commitment of, okay, I'm doing things differently. And so when I wrote the book, the tapping solution for weight loss and body confidence, I kind of created the, the book and the guidance I wish that I had. And I had a hard time writing it, honestly, because I had come so far, but the last thing ever in my life that I ever expect myself to do is write a book that had weight loss in the title. I mean, cause that was my biggest, my biggest pain point. But, um, and I, I honestly, I really resisted it, but I realized that I needed to bring something new to this conversation and write the book that I wish someone gave me when I was 15 years old and struggling. And it is focused for women because I think men definitely struggle with weight, but women are in a a very unique position with culture. There's a lot of culture, uh, brainwashing and shame that happens around how a woman should look. And, um, and it's been a process. And so if anyone's listening to this and they're like, this resonates with me, I would look at the book. Um, I would check out the book. Also women, food and God with Janine Roth was like a, a big one for me. And just my invitation for you is to take a step back and just make a commitment to yourself to begin to look at your relationship with yourself and food in a different way, to not try to criticize yourself thin or shame yourself to change, to really begin to make a promise to yourself that you're going to look at this differently. And when you make that promise, it all starts with that promise, then things will begin to appear in your life that will guide you and you will be able to find your way and get to a place where you feel like you're in control, not the food, not the craving, not the impulses. Yes. And I feel like when you make that promise to yourself and you make that commitment to look at things differently, at least for me, when I first started tapping, I mean, because you're saying those thoughts that you never thought you'd say out loud or out loud in your head, these really hard things, I know I got worse before I got better. Yeah. Because I, you don't want to say, for me, I was just so anxious and so miserable in my current state of affairs. And so to sit there and be like, even though I hate my life, like, golly, now I'm, I just said that. Oh my God. Like that got a little worse before it got better. Like to actually allow myself to state something that I'd sort of been shoving down, but, but then you I did get better. So is that similar? I think both realities are true. I think Mm -hmm. you can have an experience where, again, like you're just feeling overwhelmed and you're just focusing on the ease and it's just making your life a little easier. And then there's also the experience of what I had personally with weight loss. And it seems like you had something similar in your own way where you find that you have so much baggage and now you're making a commitment to yourself of, I don't want to hide from this anymore. I want to feel it so I can heal it. Yes. And when you make that promise to yourself to sit within that space of being uncomfortable, it does feel like it gets worse only because for me, I wasn't stuffing my face with food, which was like my one way to feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you begin to decide to do things differently, it can feel a lot. And 
the reason that I, I mean, I feel so bad that I like keep saying the app, but I guess in general, just tapping meditations, like just the guidance is helpful because sometimes you do need someone to hold your hand the same way that like people who are listening to this podcast, like I listen to podcasts because sometimes I need someone to hold my hand. Oh, totally. And, And when we do these things together, we can create more ease. So both realities are true. Like sometimes it can get worse before it gets better, but in like a good way, you know, because right. you yeah. know that you're working your way through it. And other times don't feel like in order to make change, you have to go to the darkest parts of yourself. Sometimes right. it is just focusing on like creating a little more ease to get through a difficult time. Totally. Like the other day I, I was feeling, I was at my desk and I was just feeling like swirly. I, my brain was just like, I was feeling like tired, like kind of like brain fog and just overwhelmed. So I went to my couch and I pulled out your app and I did one of your brother's meditations on like, maybe it was overwhelm or maybe it was brain fog or something like that. And I just instantly felt better. Yeah. So it wasn't like I got worse first. I just got better. And then I went back to my desk and continued working. It was it was pretty epic. And to your point of, you know, sometimes we need handholding. For me, I'll often go to your app or go to a tapping meditation just to get started. And yeah. then I'll press pause and continue it on my own. Because I find that that first initial, even though I dot, 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 can be the hardest part for me. So like if somebody's listening right now and they're like, I don't know how to fill in that blank for why I can't get myself to eat healthier. Like, how do you even begin to identify the dot, dot, dot really in that situation? Or, I mean, that's why I go to your app or tapping meditations to kind of fill that in. And then I take it from there. But like, I don't know. How would you answer that? Well, I think it looping back to the first story I shared where I was tapping on just how sick I felt. And all of a sudden I said, oh, I don't want to get better. And that is when the pain came out. Like that's when I had an honest conversation. Sometimes when we're feeling overwhelmed, like we don't even know what's actually bothering us um, or we're really stuck in our head. And so just by tapping and just calming your nervous system, feeling calmer, you can then begin to ask yourself, you can reflect from a different place and then you gain clarity. And what's interesting is you gain clarity, but now you're in a place of peace. So suddenly that thought that felt so overwhelming and scary to acknowledge before isn't actually as difficult because you're already feeling relaxed. So you can kind of take a deep breath and feel that extra bit of courage of like, okay, this is what I want to focus yes. on now. Oh my God. Yes. Like, like, so if you start with, even though I'm feeling so overwhelmed, you know, and then if you keep going, you could be like this overwhelm. I'm so overwhelmed. Gosh, I feel so overwhelmed. I feel it in my chest. I'm overwhelmed about you know, this podcast. Oh my God, I'm so, you know, because that's what happens to me. If I can start with, I'm just overwhelmed and just keep kind of going. Sometimes I'll get to that actual thing. Like, yes. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, what I would love to do is I'd love to teach your, your listeners how to tap. Please. Okay. Let's end with that. (laughs) Yeah. So we've already talked about the setup statement, this acceptance that we're now beginning to incorporate. When you start with the setup statement, you begin to tap on the side of the hand. And so this is the called the side of the hand point or the karate chop point. So it's underneath your pinky on the side of the hand. It does not matter what side of the body you tap on. Uh, you can tap on one side or, or you can tap on both when you get to the face points. The next point is the eyebrow point, and it's where the hair of your eyebrow begins. So I'm using two fingers, and I'm really lightly tapping on my bone where the hair of my eyebrow begins. And now you're going to 
follow the eyebrow until you find yourself on the side of the eye, still on the bone. And Talia, I can give you a diagram. So anyone who's watching, if you're open to putting it in the show notes, yeah, of course, they can they can see that there. Uh, then the next point is underneath the eye, again on the bone. Then we have underneath the nose, between the upper lip and the nose. I forget this one a lot. Yeah, this is the you, one I skip more than the other. Yeah. <laughs> and the next point is under the mouth, so it's the crease between the chin and the mouth. So people call it the chin point. I say under the mouth. Then we have the collarbone point. And so it's really the bones, the gap between the bones of your collarbone. What I do is I often use my whole hand and tap on my chest, and you're going to stimulate that point. You can also feel the U-shaped bone underneath your throat. And if you go down an inch and over an inch in either direction, you're going to hit it. That's my favorite point. I just go where it feels sore because it's always so sore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And what you'll find is as you continue to tap – those sore points often change. I don't know why people ask me that people say, why does sometimes it feel sore and sometimes it doesn't? I have no idea. It's really interesting though. (laughs) This is an observation. So the next point is underneath the arm. It's a hand width from your armpit. Um, for women, it's where your bra strap tends to lie. And then we have the top of the head at the highest point of your head. Okay. So those are the nine points. I already feel more. I know. I just, I know me too. I just took a deep breath. I was like, oh, um, so those are the nine points. And what we are going to do is we're going to start by tapping on these points. Let's have an experience together where you can repeat after me either in your mind or out loud, but let's begin by getting clear on what we want to focus on right now. A lot of people are feeling a lot of stress and anxiety, We're going to keep it general here, but when you think about everything that's going on in the news, the coronavirus, all the changes, notice how thinking those thoughts is creating tension in your body. Maybe you're feeling it in your chest or your stomach, your throat, your shoulders. Just notice if you feel any tension in your body, give that a number from zero to 10. And let's also measure the feeling itself. Is there a feeling? Does it feel like anxiety? Does it feel like overwhelm? From zero to 10, how strong does that feel? 10 being the most intense. This is not a perfect science. Like we said, it's subjective. It's subjective units of distress. So it's your own measurement so that you can begin to notice the shifts. So once you have that number, take a nice deep breath in with me. And if you can, you might be listening to this podcast while you're cleaning or doing something else. See if you can take a break, go into another room. Let's spend just five, 10 minutes to have an experience together. So focusing on this overwhelm and the stress, we're going to begin by tapping on the side of the hand. And Talia, if you can repeat after me, that would be great. And everyone who's... This is a big moment for me. I've heard so many other people do this. I've never had the opportunity. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I'm excited. It's a great opportunity for me too. (laughs) So so tapping on the side of the hand, repeating after me, even though I feel overwhelmed, even though I feel overwhelmed, I accept myself and how I feel. I accept myself and how I feel. Even though so much is happening in the world, even though so much is happening in the world, And we're experiencing a lot of change. And we're experiencing a lot of change. And a lot of uncertainty. And a lot of uncertainty. I honor how difficult this has been. I honor how difficult this has been. And I give my body permission to relax. And I give my body permission to relax. 
Even though I feel this anxiety in my body, even though I feel this anxiety in my body, I accept all of these feelings. I accept all of these feelings and I allow my body to relax. And I allow my body to relax. Now, tapping on the eyebrow point, we're going to start by just again giving a voice to this anxiety. So, repeating after me, all of this anxiety, all of this anxiety, side of the eye, all of this overwhelm, all of this overwhelm, under the eye, all of this uncertainty, all of this uncertainty, under the nose, I feel it in my body, I feel it in my body, under the mouth, this tension in my body, this tension in my body collarbone, all of this anxiety, all of this anxiety, under the arm, all of this unknown, all of this unknown, top of the head, it's a scary time, it's a scary time, eyebrow, and I feel like there's a lot on my plate, and I feel like there's a lot on my plate, side of the eye, so I feel this anxiety in my body, so I feel this anxiety in my body, under the eye, all of this overwhelm, All of this overwhelm. Under the nose, it's safe to acknowledge it now. It's safe to acknowledge it now. Now tap underneath your mouth and don't say anything out loud here. Just tap underneath the mouth and allow yourself to just be with your thoughts. When you think about everything that's going on, what is it that's creating the most tension in your body? Simply tap as you breathe deeply and think about it now. Now we're going to tap on the collarbone point, staying present with your thoughts, with your unique situation, all of those changes. Notice how you can think about them now, but you can also let your body begin to relax. Tapping underneath the arm. Staying present with your thoughts, with your fears. As you're honoring your own unique experience. Now tapping on the top of the head, repeat after me. Even though part of me feels overwhelmed. Even though part of me feels overwhelmed. Eyebrow. And another part of me feels hopeful. And another part of me feels hopeful. Side of the eye. There is room for all these parts of me. There is room for all these parts of me. Under the eye. Even though part of me is scared. Even though part of me is scared. Under the nose. And another part of me feels courageous. And another part of me feels courageous. Under the mouth. I accept all these parts of me. I accept all these parts of me. Collarbone, there is room for all of these feelings. There is room for all of these feelings. Under the arm, allowing my body to relax. Allowing my body to relax. Top of the head, right now and right here. Right now and right here. Eyebrow, I am safe. I am safe. Side of the eye, right now and right here. Right now and right here. Under the eye, it's safe to release this tension. It's safe to release this tension. Under the nose, it's safe to feel calm. It's safe to feel calm. Under the mouth, it's safe to have faith. It's safe to have faith. Collarbone, even before anything changes. 
even before anything changes. It's safe for my body to relax. It's safe for my body to relax. Under the arm, even though I don't know how this will end. Even though I don't know how this will end. I have faith in myself. I have faith in myself. Top of the head, allowing my body to relax. Allowing my body to relax. And my mind to take a break. And my mind to take a break. I am safe. I am safe. Now take a nice deep breath in. And now, as you continue to breathe deeply, I find it helpful just to move your shoulders a little bit. Notice how you're feeling in your body. Notice if maybe your shoulders feel lower, your jaws more relaxed. And just checking in again on that zero to 10 scale, how does your body feel? I personally went from an eight to a two. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And what oh I, my God. I know now I'm like, okay, let's all take a nap. Nap time. I <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Um, I'd love to just break down what I did in case sure. someone wants to recreate this for themselves. Please. You always start with where you are, as we've said. And you might have noticed I then slowly began to move to something more powerful, more positive. When we tap, remember, we're sending that calming signal to the brains and we're helping our body relax. So if we have a negative thought and we're tapping and we're feeling relaxed, that negative thought doesn't have the same power over us. But if we're now feeling relaxed and we think a positive thought, again, you're just calming your body. So it's easier to sink into that positive thought. We don't want to jump to the positive. We always want to be careful. If you suddenly say something positive while you're tapping and there's part of your mind that goes, "Mm, no, I don't believe that, then that is an invitation to stay longer with where you are. But if you've done a few rounds of tapping, you start to feel yourself, your body relax, and then you begin to say something positive and it feels good, like it's sinking in, like you're receiving it, then that's what you can do. You have to weed before you plant these seeds. So as long as you did the weeding and you honored how you felt, then you can move on to something more powerful. I find that a really helpful transition is to honor that there's room for all these parts of us. It's okay to be scared and it's okay to also feel courageous. It's okay to go back and forth between these feelings. When we stop feeling shame about how we're feeling, It's so easy to have a moment of feeling scared and quickly move through it because we're not resisting it. We're not shaming ourselves. We're not telling ourselves we should feel something different. Mm -hmm. We're honoring it and we're tapping. The moment we do that, it's easier. We are not machines. We're not computers. We can't program our minds to be happy and positive 100% of the time. So we need to accept the moments that are difficult so that it's just easier for us to feel more empowered, to move to something different. It's like scientific self-love. Yes. <laughs> I just wrote that down as you were talking. That's like what it is. It's like what you're describing is accepting and, you know, permission and getting rid of shame. I mean, that's just self-love, but like there's science to back this up. Yes, definitely. It's and so cool. On the topic of self-love, you know, this is something I heard from another tapping practitioner called Brad Yates. And it really had a huge impact on my life a few years ago when he said it, he said, self-sabotage 
Self-sabotage is simply misguided self-love. I'm going to say it again. Self-sabotage is simply misguided self-love. When we find ourselves binge eating or not doing what we said we would do, at some level, we're just trying to protect ourselves. We're just trying to release stress. It's just our coping mechanism. So shaming ourselves is the worst thing. Thinking that we're broken is the worst thing we can do. Simply saying to yourself, okay, you know what? I've been trying to self-soothe myself through this food or self-soothe myself by picking this fight because it helps me feel a little more powerful. When we gain that awareness, then we don't have to feel shame around our behaviors. We can just acknowledge that it's misguided self-love. So let's honor that and move to a self-love that really fills us up and is more empowering. I love that. I've actually been working with Carol Look, who is another EFT amazing woman. And she asked the question, what is the upside to whatever you're doing for, you know, to self-sabotage? Like, what is the upside to procrastination? And Mm -hmm. then, you know, it's like, actually, I'm procrastinating because I'm scared to put myself out there. So like you say, it's, it is self-love in the sense that like, I'm protecting myself from that fear of putting myself out there. But then you can identify that and move through that, which is another awesome way of looking at it, I think. Yeah. So uh, the other way that you can phrase that question is what's the downside of getting over this? What's the Mm -hmm. downside of getting over this problem? That to me was a big turning point and something I spent a lot of time on when I was looking at my own struggles with weight loss and body confidence, because as much as I just wanted it more than anything in the world. And if you asked me, what's the downside of losing weight? Yeah, I was was just writing that down to ask you. I'd be like, I would, my first reaction was always like nothing. It's everything I've ever wanted since I was 14 years old. Like it's, it's just everything I want. It's my obsession. But when I really sat with that question, I realized that there was so much weight around emotional weight around losing weight that my fear was, well, if I lose weight, then I won't have an excuse. I'll have to get on stage. I'll have Mm. to share what I'm thinking. What if I lose weight and I still can't get a boyfriend? Well, now I have nothing to blame. Before I could blame the weight. Now it's just because I'm not good enough. Amazing. So, you know, you begin to look at those things and they're not the answers that always come easy. Sometimes you just have to tap and focus on the uncomfortable feeling, find some ease, and then begin Mm -hmm. to replace criticism with curiosity. That's the biggest thing. Like every time I'd notice this kind of dark thought, instead of being like, oh, another example of why I'm worthless, I would go, oh, that's so interesting. I got one. (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. And I will say that it did take years, not years to have a breakthrough, but the one thing I realized was that when I'm feeling the most vulnerable, the voice that would come up would be to blame myself for just not being pretty or skinny enough. And so even when things changed, regardless of what weight I was at, if I felt vulnerable or scared, like that's just where I would go because it's a, it was a pattern. Mm-hmm. But when you let go of the emotional weight, when you kind of work on the emotions, now when you go into that pattern, you just go, oh, yeah, that's that thing I do. Mm-hmm. That's that thing I've been doing since I was 14. When I get scared, it's just easier to blame my body. Okay, I don't want to do that thing anymore. And right. so you can start to work on a different pattern. 
But that kind of work, the problem is some people just want to jump to that work of just like, oh, just repattern this, just reprogram this. Well, that's the affirmation. That's just slapping the affirmations on. Yeah. That works after you focus on the emotional aspect. That's there. Oh my gosh. This was a marathon of an amazing (laughs) episode. I'm just like, I don't want it to end. I feel like we could talk for a million more years on a million more topics. This is wonderful. I have to ask you the most important question I've asked you yet. What is your favorite plant to eat? Oh, that's (laughs) such a good question. What's my favorite plant to eat? Mint from my garden. Ooh. Like when it's the season, it grows like a weed. It's which I love because I, weed. yeah, it's a weed. Yeah. So like it grows easily. I don't have to stress about it and I can go outside with my baby, just pick it right off, put it what in my mouth and get that. Ni- oh, you I just eat it, it right in my mouth. Don't even wash it. Just there's no, you know, I don't yeah. like put pesticides on anything. It's organic. I just grab it, stick it in my mouth and keep playing outside. Wow. We'll talk about good for digestion. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I want to grow mint. We just bought a house and I haven't planted anything yet. What can I plant it now? What is now a good time? You are asking the wrong person. Oh. Uh, but what I will say is that when you get the answer and you plant it once, <laughs> you don't have to worry about it again. Like it just continues to come back every season um, and it spreads fast. So that's a good thing and a bad thing, depending what you're going for. If you like mint, then it's good. Yeah. Okay. And where, I mean, we, we know the answer to this, but where should everybody go to get their tap on? Yes. Yeah, so we've mentioned it before, the tapping solution app. <laughs> what? I've never Google. heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> Google Play or uh, your app store. And uh, right now, if you are a healthcare provider, if you are on the front lines helping others with this pandemic, we are giving free memberships. So you can just find me on Instagram. It's in my highlights. And also we have an entire section that is free around just the anxiety and the stress we're all feeling around what's going on right now. So download it, tell your sister and mother and brother and friends to give it a try because it is free uh, and it's incredibly powerful. And then you can stay connected with me um, at in, an Instagram at Jessica Order on Facebook. And you'll also see really cute photos of my one-year-old yes. who's obsessed with bread. Oh, lovely. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sad to have to say goodbye, but thank you so much for coming on today, giving us your time and your tapping. And I really, really hope this impacts as, as many people as I think it will. And as deeply. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. Not much more to say about this one, huh? I kind of want to just let this settle for you. So please visit the show notes for the spark notes of this episode at partyinmyplants.com slash 181, where this meditation is waiting for you as a separate file that you can download and use whenevs. I also recorded a video of me doing the tapping meditation so you can follow along with the points if they're new to you and you don't want to feel like a fool, like a fool. And again, that's partyinmyplants.com. Please tell me you got that. Partyinmyplants.com slash 181. And as always, I'm here and hopeful that this here show helps take the hell out of healthy stuff for you. That is my goal. If I achieved it, I would not mind you leaving a positive iTunes review. Just saying. Also, saying bye now.
Oh, one more thing. I planted mint in my garden thanks to Jessica's inspo. And I have two fantastic mint recipes in my new cookbook, kale mint chocolate chip ice cream, yas, and matcha mint chocolate chip protein energy balls, also yas. So you can find my new best-selling book, Party in Your Plants, wherever books are sold safely, which is online right now, or at partyinmyplants.com slash 181. Okay, bye for real.